It's Wednesday night all over the world. It's time for Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike right here on WFHB episode number. Do you know what episode it is, Mike? 91. 91. 91 consecutive episodes. They said it would never last. <laughs> we made it. Hey, Mike, we're just going to we're just going to get right into things if that's all right with you. I, that's what I like to do. Yeah. We have a very uh, a very special guest on the line already as we speak. No kidding. That's right. All the way from Milwaukee, writer, filmmaker, national treasure, Mark Borchard is on the line. Mark, are you there? I certainly am. How are you guys doing tonight? We're great. How about you? Uh, very well. You know, very hopeful, very enthusiastic about the uh, entire project that we call Life and Work. All right. It's good to hear. <laughs> That's great. What what have you been? Uh, what's the day been like? Has today been a work day, a rest day? What have you been doing? Now, every day is a work day, but you should get your rest in as well. In fact, it's pretty important to take, if you can, naps intermittently throughout the day. And uh, I did get a number of things accomplished. I was going, well, many different things, including going necessary stuff about going through a script, lining stuff up. Uh, making notes for this interview, doing various other things. So yeah, it's it's always a full day. And I was I got always get reading into. I started um, David Mamet's collection of essays, uh, Make Believe Town, and then I um, was re- reading uh, Tennessee Williams' Shakes or uh, Streetcar Named Desire. See, I had already written the screenplay. Tennessee Williams actually did the uh, adaptation of of his uh, play, a Streetcar. Game desired, so I actually read the screenplay. But I realized, hey, I I, I, I want to read the play as well. And I just read the gla- his Glass Menagerie uh, earlier, along with Sartre's No Exit and Hansberry's uh, Raisin in the Sun. Recently, during uh, a little lockdown stretch in the state in in Wisconsin, whenever that was last year. Yeah. So. Cool. That sounds like you you've done a lot. So wait, how 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 long are your naps when you take naps? It's ten to twenty minutes. Uh, yeah, that's, sometimes, what, that's like, what I hear. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good length. Yeah, well, what happens is when you're either physically or mentally active, basically from the moment you get up till the moment you pass out at night. Sometimes, man, you just say, "Oh, I can't do this anymore." Around noon, and you just got to lay down for ten, twenty minutes. Sometimes you fall dead asleep, and then you get back up, you walk, you exercise, and you keep going. Well, listener. If you take nothing else from this, uh, just remember, take some naps. So, Mark, you're kind of describing a dream life, if you ask me. Work, take a nap, work again. <laughs> That's what I like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 what you're actually supposed to do. You are you are supposed to rest. It's not it's it's not you're not just supposed to sleep at night. And it's just like exercise. I mean, you don't work out just once a week or so. You know, you 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 do it throughout the day. I mean, everybody's different. But that's the tapestry uh, for me that's most helpful. Sure. Well, so speaking of things you're working on, I know you you have like multiple things going uh, that you're 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 working on. But I've heard that you are um, in the middle of writing and filming more. The more the scarier your six, correct? Well, you heard because I told you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's true. Uh, no, no. I, but I want to no, know. Hold on. You heard because I told you no i want to write that down i want to use that actually <laughs> see, see sometimes you know there's kind of like a parallelity that's going on a concurrence uh concurrency of events like we're doing this interview 
but now can I get some material for my own uh, uh, aesthetic benefit also from this interview? So I I came up with that line, which we just did, wrote it down, and then I'll be using that in the work. So Most thank excellent. You. Perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, and, it would, and then when you hear these interviews and people say, well, I heard... It's like, well, where where the hell do you think they hear it from? <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, it's 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 uh, you know because a lot of uh, a lot of this, you know, like we even what, like in the Mammoth book that I'm writing or reading, you know, it's about the psycho- psychology and psychological games and and so forth, and you you know know things and so forth. But anyway, yes, the more scarier six that was uh, begun before the uh, virus hit, and fortunately. We filmed a lot of uh, major scenes between actors, and unfortunately, we have one uh, couple major scenes to to film. But we'll figure that one out. But um, it's what's interesting about that film is that it's uh, intellectually melodramatic, and that means that I mean you're you're actually watching um, the syntax do contortions before your eyes. I mean, nobody in their right mind speaks like the characters do. They do it in a very kind of like abstracted way from uh, normal conversation. But that allows you to realize that this is is just a film and you're participating in a metaphor where the form realizes itself. And I always think that's uh, kind of like a unique milieu to uh, thrive in cinematically. That is very intriguing. Yeah. I. So, okay. So... I know myself and all the listeners are excited to see this. What, what uh, can you give us a, uh, a a projected date when we might be able to see this finished uh, yeah, work? Yeah, sure. Yeah, first that's always a, it's always. See, I don't give a damn when people say, <laughs> "Oh, we're excited," which is fair, which is cool. Uh-huh. But it's like when somebody's new project comes out, it's like when it's promoted, it's like this is the greatest thing in the world. This person never done nothing like this before, yeah. and all of that. It's, that's all BS. I mean, that that's all BS. It's just another uh, thing, uh, another work that the uh, artist or the filmmaker, or the writer, or whatever puts out. It's only to garner sales and and attention to get to those sales that all of this hi- hyperbolic uh, environment, you know, is enabled. Uh, just to do all of that. So I myself don't get into any of that BS. Oh, I'm so excited. No, I'm not. I, I do. I have to make the film. And that's, that's, you got to stick. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, so I, so, but I mean, it, it's, it's, so I can't really get on that train. Oh, this is exciting. I mean, getting, going to sleep is exciting, man. Cause then you wake up the next morning rested. So, so you, 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 you get more enjoyment out of, out of the, just the, the process of creating it, writing it and, editing it and all that more so than uh, oh absolutely because when you actually put in an honest base work on your work that is so extremely rewarding and when the result which is the film of that effort it, that's a separate uh, occurrence and that's kind of cool oh my gosh i have this film to show for after three years labor and this film stays with me for the rest of uh is a commodity now for the rest of my not only an art uh, a project but a commodity for the rest of one's life that's cool too but i don't i don't sit around thinking oh i can't wait to get this done i give a damn i i what i uh, invest in is the reality of the day-to-day process and make sure that i get uh substantive 
substantive amount of enjoyment and reward from it on a regular basis. And I, I don't believe in a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I, I think that uh, it would behoove you to pick up uh, the gold pieces along the way. Mark, that is super inspiring, man. Actually, that's uh, that's a very cool perspective that I love a lot. <laughs> then that's not hyperbole. I really, uh, that's actually uh, uh, an inspiring way to look at one's life, I think. Yeah. Uh, as someone who also likes to do work on projects that may or may not ever see the light of day and on my part, uh, that's a very inspiring thing to hear. Thanks for sharing that. That's very cool. Well, thank you. So, so what? So, sorry, go ahead, Mark. No, no. Actually, I think what you're about to say might lead to what I'm about to say. Well, I was just going to ask, like, what's what's a typical? Uh, I, which we kind of already already gone over over this, but like, what's a typical day in your work as far as like deciding which which thing to 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 work on next or what to do? But you kind of explained it, like, you know, it's just whatever whatever you feel yeah, like I, it fulfills you at it, the time. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I do. Uh, projects for other people as well so it's some you know i have a responsibility to those projects and then i have a responsibility to my projects and i have to chastise myself because when i start working in the morning i realize well you know okay so you you're working on all these screenplays but these are not the ones that are of immediate concern i know that it's that all this stuff adds up and um, makes ultimate sense and so forth. But you do, I have to catch myself and say, hey, you know, you you have to start filming. You got to set this other stuff aside and so forth. So there's that, you know, like fear and anxiety. They're they're your best friends, man. I mean, when people are laughing and talking, that, that those ain't your best friends. Your best friend is is like fear. Your best friend's anxiety, because those friends, they never leave you. They're always faithful. If something is amiss in your day, they're the first to let you know. Isn't that a song, a John Cale song? Fear? You ever hear that song by John Cale? Oh, yeah. Fear's a man's best friend. That's that's how it goes. That's the line. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, 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 it's it's the way it is. I mean, they're, they're ever-present in your life, and... They are guaranteed not to let you down. They will always be there. They will always let you know when you get off track. Uh, so you're up in Milwaukee, which uh, what can you just talked about? What's the, what's the scene like in Milwaukee these days? Like uh, pandemic wise, and just like maybe that doesn't even affect your day to day though. Uh, it doesn't affect like, mine. I mean, I, I've I've had 17 months of peace and product productivity. I. I actually can't relate to uh, a pre-pandemic world. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to go back ever again to that. I like uh, meaningful solitude. Uh, life is very short. Life is very fleeting. And because I live in a big city, there's it's it's arts and culture seven days a week. It's people seven days a week, and you kind of have to mitigate that with your own personal trajectory. And when the pandemic came along. Uh, it eradicated uh, so much of that stuff to a point where you became one with yourself and connected to your necessary world once again. I mean, this is this is like being back to four years old, you know, where it's just you in the backyard and uh, you in your world. Man, I relate to that pretty hard. That's that's pretty much how I felt right at the beginning of the uh, the first time that Bloomington kind of shut down. That's I, I spent a lot of time in my backyard. I built a little birdhouse just because I had time on my hands and it felt great. 
And uh, it was fun just to, yeah, like you said, we kind of returned to this sense of, uh, uh, yeah, I guess you said meaningful solitude. That's that's good. That's how it felt. A return to innocence. Yeah. My man, what color was your birdhouse? Oh, it's green with an orange roof. And then I drew with a paint with a paint marker. I drew these like uh, kind of abstract shapes around the bird hole. Interesting. It looks great. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> well, congratulations. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I've never built a birdhouse before. It was my first one, and it was yeah, a real was whim. So it was a real whim. I just woke up one morning. It was like I got all this scrap wood and I got this time on my hands. I guess I'll build a birdhouse. Did you use in the, the, you secured the wood with wood glue? I used nails and wood glue, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mike built that. He built a a fire pit in his backyard. Wow. Yeah. Nice, Mike. Thanks, Mark. Good work. It felt great, really. Hey, guys. Yeah, Jared. We uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna uh, keep having fun here and uh, add another call to the party line. (laughs) Okay, pile them on. Uh, let's let's see if this works. It's ringing. Hello? Joe Para, welcome back to Unspoken Request with Jared and Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, hey Joe. Oh, I got to merge the calls. I messed up. Oh, okay. Now we're now everybody's here. All right. So, we got me, Jared, Mike, Mark Borchardt hey and Joe Perry. Can everybody hear everybody else? I can hear Jared. Okay. Mark, can you say hello? I can say hello and I will say hello. Oh, hello. perfect. Okay. Hey. And there's Joe. All right. It How's works. it going, Mark? Hey, Joe. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Pretty good. Well, that's doing? good. Yeah. Just uh, trying to take it easy on a Sunday night, you know? Yeah, I do know. It is actually, you know, because now as we speak, the uh, melancholic sun, you know, makes its last uh, bit of presence known as it fades behind the uh, diminishing uh, glow of the foliage. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah. How have you been? Well, you know what? Since our co, I'm I'm going to take the bull by the horns. Since sure. we don't want dead air. Take First it. of all, I've been good, and now you, Joe, established you've been good. I'm good. I went to a, a friend's uh, a bachelor party this weekend, and we went skeet shooting, and I never done that before. Oh, and wow. it was Really a thrill. I never shot uh, a shotgun before or anything. Well, did you hit the skeets, amazing. Joe? I, I did. I did. Okay. I hit about an eighth of them, which I think is not bad for the first time. That's yeah. it. I thought skeet, skeets were in an uh, endangered species. That sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Joe only no, hit an they, eighth of them, so an eighth of them carried yeah. on to propagate. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe, I know you're busy, but thanks a lot for joining us again. Uh, the, the whole world is very excited uh, to know that season three of Joe Perry talks with you is coming. So yeah. congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. We were finally able to announce it, uh, of, uh, uh, last week even, I think. And, um, yeah, it was kind of nice because we've been keeping it under wraps for a while. And, um, yeah, it was very nice to find out that people are looking forward to it as much as they are. 
Yeah. Is this one of those things where is the is the season finished or is it um are there still little Underway. little yeah. We got about a month and a half left of editing. Okay. And um so uh yeah. Uh, yeah, there's still work to be done, but we've got the first uh seven episodes mostly finished and um yeah, I I it's I'm glad we waited to announce so I could be sure that they were uh, pretty good before we got a ton <laughs> of attention. Yeah. <laughs> so we should probably explain that you two guys know each other because Mark, you were on season 2 of Joe Parrot Talks with you. And one. And one. That's right. Yeah, that's correct. Absolutely. And I must say, um, you know, because they uh, film here in Milwaukee and uh, it was very wonderful the first time going up to uh, Cedarburg, which has these incredible <laughs> festivals such as Harvest Fest and so forth. So then all of a sudden, um, you know, I'm up in Cedarburg in God's country in this beautiful <laughs> little town. And, uh, you know, we're uh, filming at this uh, at this bar restaurant or whatever. And this dude's says, hey, can I sit down with you? And I said, <laughs> sure. And then I asked, well, who are you? And the, my man said, Joe Para. <laughs> yeah, we had, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, you were very nice to agree to do the show because we had, that was the first season. We hadn't uh, made anything yet. So it was kind of, it could have been an awful project. You had no idea. <laughs> so, uh, what the listeners are on the edge of their seat wanting to know is, will mm-hmm. we see Mark in season number three? Mark? Oh, well, if, since you're asking, you know, then since you're asking, <laughs> the dude said Mark, that means, uh, yes, that I am in, uh, in season three. Okay. And again, they were they were filming in Milwaukee, right in an area up the way again where, where I'm quite familiar with, and it was a joy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Yeah, I, oh. I think it's it's so great to see you on Joe's show, Mark, because you guys are both just uh, really inspirational people that people really love, and you know, you know that your your work and everything is different, but uh, you're both just real lovable people and, and inspirational in in your own ways. And uh, glad to see you guys doing a thing together. Right. And of course, what you're referring to is persona. That is the outward appearance that a person, sure. you know, puts on as a kind of like almost like a, I wouldn't go so far as to uh, be pejorative and say a publicity stunt, but it is, you know, you have a public persona. We all do when we go to the gas station. Hi, good morning. How are you? All that kind of stuff. And that does not in any way, shape or form reveal a person's like true personality you know any of that stuff so that's you're dealing with you know public personas and so forth but i think i'm willing to assume that we're both decent gentlemen too as real people (laughs) even if you're not you you fooled us all into thinking that (laughs) yeah i mean people people have their intensities and so forth you know they're uh you know that they can be very superficial or they could be on the other hand quite uh, complex and you just you just never know until you you know a person to a a, a reasonable degree joe now that uh oh go ahead sorry i think i just just, i think what mark's trying to say is that we both have dark signs and uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, no, I ain't saying that. But what I am saying is I'm not going to go up to Joe Para and talk to him like Joe Para in real life. You yeah, know? Right, I'm going yeah. to just like put on the reverse thrusters and, you know, whatever he reveals of himself in real reality, that's what I'll that's what I'll work with. You Which, know? you know, that's that's what I was going to ask, actually, is uh, and now that we know Mark's philosophy, Joe, uh, how now that you are famous, now that season one and two are out, and you, it's blown up, and everyone does love it. Uh, what are your interactions with people in the public like now that people are familiar with your persona? Uh, how, how much um, do you have to keep up when you're in public and when you get recognized? Uh, not much, honestly. Um, I don't know. Uh, people in New York kind of are always minding their own or doing so busy with their own stuff. They yep. don't. They don't mind. And then the people that do come. to talk to me and like the show or I don't know generally very nice people um, and I'm happy to talk with them just because I don't know it's, it's a nice I guess it, in the case of the film we put out something I think that uh, you know uh, uh, I don't know that uh, people who responded to it are usually just nice people who like watching it and they uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of like getting back a little bit of what you put out into the uh, world. Great, yeah. But, so everybody's very nice to talk to and that that, that likes. Yeah. So I, it's, it's, it's not. I don't get recognized too much, but it's always a pleasure to talk to people when they do. That's great. Yeah, and I think that's a real nice way to put it too. That you're you're getting back a little bit of what you put out because I can definitely see that being the case for you. Uh, just because of the way your show makes me feel. <laughs> and, and yeah. Speaking of that, Mark, can you talk what, uh, to us about what it's like uh, for you? I'm sure you're recognized, but you've been there your whole life, basically in the area. Uh, what's what's it like uh, being out in public yourself? Because I'm sure people recognize you. Do you just kind of keep to yourself, or uh, how, how does that work? Yeah, no, I keep to myself because I. You know, I'm cordial to people and so forth, but I don't, I don't indulge anything because, like I said, life is very precious and I'm sticking to my own particular game plan. And even like, let's say, for instance, tonight before uh, the show, I wanted to get, I was actually going to work on receipts and so forth, but I realized you can't do this outdoors. There's a bit of a breeze. So I went on to other things that I <laughs> went on to other things that I had to do. And, uh, is that Joel? Was that? Did you find humor in that? I think that was Joel. He's just picturing all your receipts from the last <laughs> two years, just flying around, and you grasping yeah, for them yeah. in the air. Yeah. Well, well, what, what we I, after one receipt, I said, "Well, this ain't going to happen." I yeah. said, "This is an indoor activity." It's like uh, I'm um, going. You got to go digital. <laughs> but uh, oh, hell with that, man! That, that, that'd be a nightmare, man. You got to have that stuff in front of your face. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so I was actually listening to. Uh, I was with a couple people. They had, they had some food and so forth in a safe place outside by the glistening river. So it was it's not indoors wow. or anything like that with the virus. And but I I had all this other stuff going. I was working on my script. I had uh, my earphone on for Rick Kogan live out of uh, uh, out of Chicago interviewing, always interviewing fascinating guests, uh, filmmakers and authors and so forth. So I mean, it's not like I'm sitting there like actually listening intently to other people speak i've got like i'm writing in my journal i'm working on uh, my script what has to be the next stuff i have to do listening to rick colgan so i got all this stuff and then all of a sudden it's getting near seven and i says uh well i gotta go um because um 
you know, I got to get ready for this radio interview. In fact, I wrote a page of stuff while I was sitting there um, for this interview as well on the legal pad. So that's how I handle life is that I'm not going to, uh, I don't major in a minor. I'm not going to get distracted by exterior elements or anything like that. You know, I have a set thing of things that I have to do each and every day till the day that I die. And that's what I'm going to do. So I don't go to bed thinking, oh, man, I wish I would have done something with my life. You know, if I die, am I going to be like, hey, I can live with that. Ironically, can I live with that? (laughs) (laughs) So, well, I know each of you have a limited amount of time to be on the air. Is there anything on that legal pad that we didn't get to? Because I don't want you to have written that down in vain. Mark, what do, what do we need to talk about? Well, no, first of all, some of the things you heard are some of the things okay, that good. were uh, written down on the legal pad. And also, I want to tell the audience, too, for those who are actually intellectually curious, when my man says a limited amount of time, well, that's by design. Because doing uh, pre-interview stuff in the uh, prior days, I said, you know, well, how long do you want to be doing this interview? And I says, well, to keep it as short as possible. And all of a sudden there's that kind of like stunned moment of silence. But then I explain the theory of diminishing returns. I'm like, well, look, after about 10 minutes, man, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the theory of diminishing returns at that point. Sure. And fortunately, with this conversation, it's not. I mean, there's nothing that I feel uh awkward about there's nothing said that i feel uncomfortable about and so so far it's it's this interview has been a joy and an inspiration oh great it's great to hear it's it uh likewise yeah i'm glad you're comfortable for sure yeah i agree hey uh speaking Um, of wisconsin oh sorry were you saying something joe I was just wanting to know, uh, Mark, if you can tell us more about the Wisconsin Supper Club scene. I watched this documentary on Wisconsin Supper Clubs, and it, I was really intrigued by it. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm going to actually indulge you because when I do this <laughs> stuff, I don't talk about, I don't really talk about reality. You know, I, whatever you make of what's being said, it's it's, it's on you. Okay. But because you guys are cool, and because. Uh, you know, there's things such as coincidence, but there's also things such as foreshadowing. And so, you know, sometimes you can like, oh, you kind of kind of tell what's going to happen. Uh, but just in this case, it's amazing that you say that because in my my work, in my real life, I don't know why you're asking me this, but this is something <laughs> actually that is in my spirit, my mind, like you wouldn't believe. In fact, I've got... Uh, 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 photos of uh, the interiors of supper clubs along the lake and so forth Whoa. that I that I can see uh, because that's part of that's man supper clubs are actually manifest destiny and uh, you're talking about the dream uh, becoming reality you're talking about many things when you bring that up well I'm glad I brought it up it's just it's just something that I one of my weird interests Jared it's an interest <laughs> that Jared has talked to me about over the years a lot yeah he is genuinely interested in supper clubs <laughs> it, it is it is it is it is one of the most uh beautiful ethereal uh majestical milieus uh sitting in there it's it's where not only your personal dreams come true but potentially you know film wise aesthetic wise that these can also be the settings uh for some of those uh designs as well so yeah supper clubs are uh the dream made reality all right that's that's something i'm looking for post uh 
Well, once it's safe, that's <laughs> what I mean. Yep. To get back up there and uh, check some out. Well, guys, let me I, see. I oh, do want to ask Joe, uh, when will sure. the season three start to air? When will we get to watch it? Uh, early November, if all goes well. Great. Yeah. I'm very and, excited um, to see more of it. I love your show so much. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. And Mark, we, we finished your episode and um, it, it came out really nice. It's very, I don't want to say too much, but it was very, very cool scene and uh, funny too. Joel, thank you for having me. And to arrive at my part, I had diligently worked on those lines day after day, week after week, as I took the wooded trail on yeah. my daily walks. And that's where I did my memorization yeah. for those right. lines. Yeah, it's, it came out. We, I guess I could share with the guy. It was Mark prepared, like, it's kind of a monologue. And uh, he performs it with a student and while doing a scene earlier that day uh just kind of the, the 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 young actor grew like a foot in the past year and i think he's just his body is kind of like catching up and uh he did a dance scene and uh, uh broke his leg oh my so goodness. we had it was kind of like on top of covid and everything else it was like another like oh boy we, we had some bad luck this time but mark was a great sport <laughs> i told him we had to postpone until uh i guess the the actor is uh feeling better and could get that dealt with yeah and uh so mark had to keep the lines fresh for like another three four weeks until he, uh, the, the 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 young actor could uh, heal up a little bit wow and, and do the scene sitting down as opposed to standing unfortunately <laughs> yeah wow and, yeah. and, and i want to actually capitalize on that revelation because that day that he's speaking of you know i again with unwavering diligence i had studied the line in the preceding weeks days and weeks so that allowed me to you know on a set you sit there and i just sat there meticulously writing page after page of this full-length play that i'm working well it's, it's basically done that i was working on so i got six really good pages <laughs> <Yeah>. done while <laughs> that incident happened that uh joe talked about and joe came approach me like it was high noon in the wild west with his posse <laughs> informed me that he had some bad news <laughs> and he says, you know, so we're going to have to shoot this some other day. And I was thinking, bad news. I said, bro, man, I just got six good pages done on my play on your time. On your time. Uh, oh, that's great. <laughs> that kind of speaks also, Mark, to what you were talking about right before we got Joe on when you wrote down uh, the line that Jared said. I can't remember what it was now uh, at the beginning. Well, you know, basically just like uh, taking things as they come at you and incorporating them into whatever you're doing. It sounds like mm -hmm. that's very much what you guys had to do uh, while you yeah. were shooting. Yeah, Mark was a, a great sport. I'm glad you finished you finished the play. Yeah, I, well, it's I've been working on that for such a long time, and yeah. I mean, yeah, it's there. I mean, oh, all of these projects basically they're they're pretty much there, and then I, you know you have to do the work of polishing them and so on and so right. forth. So these. It's not like, oh, you know, you, you you write a paragraph every five years, like, damn, dude, that that's a lot of stuff that's been done. So, yeah. 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 Well, congrats on that. Uh, at least well, thank you. you, you got to, to, to that point. Yes, and thank you, Joel. Yeah. 
cool. And uh, and the and the actor that the kid he he was fine. He was a he was yeah. a warrior, a trooper, and and uh, you know he came back and uh, just did great. Oh great! Yeah, it'll be a very funny scene. So I yeah, I'm very excited for you to see it. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, you guys too. especially yeah. knowing this anecdote. I'm really looking forward to watching this. <laughs> yep. One. Now 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 folks folks at home. Uh, the first two seasons are on HBO Max. If you okay. have that, in between, uh, you know, once you, you gotta you gotta watch the White yeah. Lotus too. But uh, after you watch the White Lotus, <laughs> you can see Mark and yeah, Joe. It's funny you met, mentioned that. I was reading about that in the New York Times, and and uh, I might uh, see the uh, first episode of that. That's funny that you mentioned. I that. I think I I said it in a joking way, but I really do enjoy that show. Actually, uh, the, the White Lotus. And Joe Perry talks with you both on HBO Max, uh, but yeah, season three, Adult Swim, coming soon. Uh, at Joseph Para on Twitter, uh, Mark, can I give out your Twitter Twitter handle? Sure, more, at more the scarier. More the scarier. Uh, it's um, both of these folks. If you're not following them, you, you gotta. You it'll, must. It'll improve your well-being. Well, yeah. uh, thanks again for giving us your time joe and mark it's yep. been a pleasure talking to to both of you thank you yeah and, thanks uh, for having me okay and, uh, nice to talk to you mark great to talk to you joe yep. and you jared and you mike yeah thanks all around everybody all right thanks guys have a have a, have a wonderful evening yep. you too all right bye-bye bye well that was nice now that was a chat that was a chat Wow. Two of the greats. Truly. Still, 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 uh, in their prime. Now, Joe's from up upstate New York, right? He's like from Buffalo. I want to say Buffalo, yeah. yeah. Home, so, of, home uh, of Buffalo style wings. I was just going to say that, you know, that's some Midwestern gold, but that's not really the Midwest, but Joe's, Joe's got some, uh, Buffalo is, yeah, it's not like, it's some Midwest like Manhattan, wings. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, that's like, that's the good stuff there. Feels good. Jared, I want to say one thing uh, to you personally. Okay. Before we get farther into the show. Dish. I know. I happen to know that today is your 12th wedding anniversary. That's true. And you've opted to spend this evening with me and Joe Para and Mark Borchardt <laughs> instead of with your lovely, wonderful wife. And I just want to say that I recognize that sacrifice that you've made. Thank you. On this day, your anniversary. Thank you. Thank you so much. No, um, I had to work all day, actually, and Annie had to go visit some family. So you've decided this will be the last so, one? No. <laughs> we, we sell... Actually, after work, I stopped at the flower shop and oh. dropped off some flowers. And just in time, just enough time to get here. Yeah, it all worked out. It was like... A, it was like Rick Moranis as uh, Michael McDonald running in here yeah. at the last minute. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so we, we celebrated our, our anniversary uh, yesterday. Oh, good. By hanging out together. Together? Driving, wow. Driving to Bedford. Oh. Uh, <laughs> they were talking about parts of Wisconsin being God's country. Uh, my friend is from Bedford, my friend Seth, and he always refers to Bedford as God's country when you mention oh. Bedford. Yeah. All right. Went to the... Uh, Golden Corral. No. World's biggest. Can you get takeout from the Golden Corral? Probably, like but they charge by the pound or something? I don't know. Yeah. 
Uh, we we got some takeout from the downtown Limestone Cafe. Oh, how was that? It was it was good. Yeah, good. <laughs> uh, we had we we ordered three items, and some items were better than others. Yeah, they 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 had great cheese curds though. Oh, I like. You know, we didn't get yeah. to we didn't I didn't bring up Culver's. Yeah, with, right. with Mark, but uh, maybe we'll talk to them about Culver's another time. Yeah, we'll get them on later. Anyway, yeah, uh, did that. Um, they were out of the poutine. I ordered they the poutine. Have poutine. But they were like, we're out of the the kind of curds that we use for the poutine. We only have wow. the breaded curds. Oh sure. Uh, and I was you like, oh, that's fine. So poutine. I had the carne asada fries instead. My goodness. Yeah, they were good. You're and so I feel like you're underselling this place. I didn't know. I didn't expect the menu to have these items on it when oh, you I said eh, it was this <laughs> cafe in Bedford. <laughs> no, no, it was no. fine. <laughs> no, it, it was it was good. I would go back there again. Uh, when I went in, they um, the guy was like, hey. The guy in the back, the chef or whatever, or whoever, someone said uh, to give you this because the chicken for your teriyaki bowl wasn't as big as he would have liked the piece of chicken to be, and we were out of poutine. And it was a lined index card with Sharpie that said, Limestone Cafe, $10 gift certificate. My goodness. Sharpie. But I was like, what if I come back and another person's working and they don't know about this policy of... You know, nah, writing a I'm sure you're gift not card on a person. sharpie, yeah. and so I was like, "Did he initial it or anything?" Nothing. It was like <laughs> it looked. It looked exactly like it would have been <laughs> like if, if I was trying to make a fake one out of some office supplies <laughs> on a sitcom. <laughs> yes. So then I was like, "I'm not going to come back and try to to use this as legal tender." Oh, you gotta, you gotta try it. I didn't, and I'm not going to. But I did say, wow. "Hey." I appreciate this. Instead of this, oh, okay, um, you traded. Could I maybe just have a couple of your finest Diet Cokes, please? And they were like, oh, of course. Be happy to. That's I good. was like, oh, well, thank you. Yeah. That sounds refreshing. And they gave us two Diet Cokes. So. I, I am glad that you did that. And I'm glad you got exactly what you wanted. But I wish a little bit <laughs> that you had kept that gift certificate and gone back just as a way to see what happened. I would like to have heard the and story and about back what happened. On the air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, How are we doing on time oh, for the first hour of Unspoken Requests? We have so much time. Like, We've got loads of time. Uh, really, lots. All right. Well, um, um, we're going to go to a song now then. Play a couple songs. Is okay, that all right with you? It's fine with me. Uh, uh, I was watching yeah. some... Uh, I was watching... Uh, I've been watching like so much David Letterman YouTube lately. We can talk about this when I come back. Great. But I was watching a bunch of Catherine O'Hara. Oh, yeah. Which reminded me that Justin Vollmer told me about Mary Margaret O'Hara like 10 years ago. Her sister. I don't know about her sister. She had this album in 1988 uh, featuring oh. uh, the song we're going to hear next. This is Mary Margaret O'Hara with When You Know Why You're Happy. With Jared and Mike. It's Wednesday night. Wednesday night all over the world. Hold on. The music's too loud. I couldn't hear you. What? It's Wednesday night all over the world. And, uh, you know, you could be listening to any any radio station or any podcast 
in the world, but you're listening to us right now, and thanks for that. I spent a fair amount of time in the van this weekend, and uh, about half that time, I'd say, I had the radio on. Mm-hmm. Just cruising, listening to the radio. I hadn't done that in a while. Terrestrial radio. Out of town, so it was like I didn't know what I was getting into, but sure. it was good. Nice. I'll tell you, Jared. Before we get too far, let's back announce that music we just heard. <laughs> good idea. Some songs we heard. I'm going to get the order wrong, but we heard Letting Go by uh, Hayden Pettigo off the uh, upcoming album on Mexican Summer. Hayden, a former guest on Unspoken Request. Maybe right. we should have him back and uh, talk about this album. That's a good idea. So, uh, when we had him on before, we talked about his film. In the not, album a little bit. A little bit. We, he broke this news. He broke the That's story. That's right. Yeah. Um. Just like we broke the news that uh, Mark Borchardt's going to be on season three of Joe Pira. That's right. Talks with you, which would be nice. Uh, we also heard um, Mary Margaret O'Hara with When You Know. When you know that you know that you know in your heart of hearts. <laughs> when you know why you're happy from the album Miss America from 1988. An album we were told to listen to by Justin Vollmer 15 years ago. And finally did. <laughs> We gotta get Justin on the show. That's true. I th- yeah, we do. Yes. Uh, what else did we hear, Mike? Um, we also heard in fifteen. We heard Michael Polnareff's uh, song "Voyages" from the album Polnareff's. That was nice. I'd never heard that before. Yeah, I learned of it this week, and that's kind of all I've been listening to. If nothing else, this show is a nice time for us to play each other music. That's true. Want to play for each other. Yeah, that one, I got locked into that one. I went on a walk and listened to the whole record. I listened to it while I was driving, like I said yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, listened to it at my desk at work while I was working. It was nice. It's been really, it's been the thing I've, it's been soundtracking my week. Great. Uh, and then we also heard Voyager by Fantasy 15 from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, we also heard Let the Seasons Work. From the new album by the Go Team, which I accidentally just played, uh, hit play again, and I just hit <laughs> stop again. That's from the album Get Up, Get Up Sequences Part One uh, from the Go Team. Um, you know, a, if you a new album that I I really enjoy. If you hadn't said that, nobody would have known. Well, we went full. But that's the kind of guy here. you are. That's, that's right. the kind of guy you are. Uh, we also heard Valot by. Um, Julian Lennon. Um, you know when people when some uh, wh- what if like when people heard a uh, talk about John Lennon they were like, oh you know that's uh, Julian's father. <laughs> Julian's father does music too. Yeah. Yeah. That song I played because I've been watching a lot of David Letterman clips from Don Giller's YouTube page the uh, archivist who has every single Dave Letterman show. That's so cool. And makes these compilations. And there's a seven... Is it seven parts? Uh, maybe it's... It's many parts. But like 20 hours total. Um, maybe it's 11 parts of every SCTV person's appearance. Cool. And so anyway, the point is, every single time Martin Short comes out, Paul Schaefer in the band play Valot by Julian Lennon just because Paul thought that Julian looked like or Martin short looked like Julian Lennon except for one time when he played It's Much Too Late for Goodbye also a song by Julian Lennon all that to say that's the music that we heard 
Um, and now back to what you were going to say before I cut you off to back announce the music here on Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike on WFHB. Oh, that's okay. I, uh, frankly, you can go on and on and on all you want. I was about to tell you that I uh, am coming down. I'm coming down, and I mean crashing. Sunday evening coming hard. down? Yes, Sunday evening coming down from... I've been on an emotional bender this week. Really? I've been indulging in some serious excitement and uh, nostalgia and sentiment this whole entire week, and I'm like... You you watched the Woodstock 99 doc in tonight, a loop ten times in a row? No, I... Oh. Thanks to our friend Casey, I learned that uh, through the public library, I could have free access with my library card to Ancestry.com. I feel um, like I've done you a disservice by not ha- that you didn't know that already. I it's it only came up. I can't even remember why it came up between Casey and I. It wasn't something I had expressed interest. Like it wasn't like ah, if only I could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I started it on a whim. I think that's partly why this has felt like such a high to me because. Uh, I, it sort of sucked me in unintentionally and I've never known too much about my family I've known a little bit about my mom's family virtually nothing about my dad's family and I went on to the internet you know this internet went on ancestry.com used the Mormon church's enormous librarian database familysearch.com and I've been able to string together pieces of my family that I never knew even existed or knew anything about. I've seen photographs of family members of mine. I've seen photographs, like photographs of my great-grandparents that I never... No, no, great-great-grandparents that I never knew were even available. Here's a question. Have your parents or grandparents seen these photos, or do they know of their existence? And have you shown them to, the, to them? So I started out early this week when I first started bumping into some of this stuff. I spent a lot of time before I contacted any of my other family. I spent a fair amount of time trying to confirm as much as I could because I found a lot more information on the Mormon site, but it's also a lot more like user driven. Uh. So it's kind of like, it's not open source, but it's like the information is openly sourced. So people can kind of guess at these trees, which is helpful. But then I can use Ancestry.com to confirm things or disprove things, which I've been able to do a couple times. So the Mormon Uh, site is a thing that people use? It's an enormous, giant public database, and it's free. Uh, But the thing is, is just like the Mormons have this genealogy library. I guess it's important to them and their faith. Mm. Uh, I don't know the ins and outs of that, but um, on the front page, it's like, hey, this is free because it's sponsored by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But other than that little disclaimer, there's a couple little things that tip you off that it's Mormon connected once in a while, but most of mostly it's just a genealogy database. And you can assemble your family tree for free in there, which is what I started doing. So once I confirmed enough stuff, I started sending some of these photos to my parents and I was like, hey, have you ever seen this photo before? Have you ever seen this? Have you ever seen this? They hadn't. They were having their minds blown by these things I was sending them. My grandparents, I was able to show them, show them things that was like, they had never they never knew these photos existed of these people that they've forgotten. But they, are these people they 
remember so, in from, some cases from their young lives in yeah. some cases it's folks they remember in some cases it's folks they've only ever heard the name of and have never seen a photo of them oh wow in 80 years of life they've never seen a photo of this their grandmother or whatever yeah you know? dang that's cool um did you show the, did you like do the thing where you animate it and they do a dance <laughs> you know what i'm talking about yes i do know what you're talking about i that's my next step but uh so just all kind of worked out uh this way but my wife and kids were going to be in evansville this weekend and i was going to be here by myself but then i learned that my granddad had was having his annual family reunion this weekend so I jumped in the car wow. and drove up home, and then I stayed for a little while at the reunion, which was fine. There were two people wearing masks inside the building. I was one of them. Uh, but that also, the numbers back home are not... And the other person was an evil clown mask. <laughs> no, Sorry, go uh, the numbers back home aren't as bad, so I felt like I needed to wear a mask because I'm coming from a more dangerous place. Even though no one was sick. Yeah. Think, but uh, Anyway... Uh, that's a, that's a sidestep. After the reunion, uh, I went over to my grandparents' house and my grandma got out her tubs of photos. We went through five or six big boxes of photos. Just my parents, my grandparents and me and my brother was in and out. Uh, and we're just going through photos. And not only were they like, we were looking for ancient photos where it's like, can you identify this person? And then if my grandpa or grandma could identify them, then my mom would write the name on the back. We had a whole little assembly line going, but it was all my grandma's photos. So it was also stuff from like when I was a kid and when my mom was a kid. Mm -hmm. So it was just a real trip. Yeah, that's cool. And we did it all day long. Whoa. We've never done that before. So it was just like, yeah, we got nothing else to do. I didn't have my kids around. So it was just like, let's go for it. (laughs) Then I went back to my parents' house and we did that with one tub of photos that my mom had. Mm -hmm. So I'm just feeling like, yeah. I and that was the that's sort of the that's the peak of this journey I've been on for a week. Mm-hmm. So it all ramped up until this afternoon, and then I got home and completely crashed. And I'm feeling like <laughs> it's totally drained. Mm-hmm. I found I, I put this on the internet, so anyone not, who's listening that follows me on Instagram will know this maybe already. But and I don't know how much I've talked to you about it. I can't remember, but. Uh, not a ton. This there's a cemetery between. We here. like to save what we talk about for the air, <laughs> in case we run out of things. <laughs> that is true. We don't want to run out that is by talking <laughs> about things just like f- for fun during the week. That is a, a way in which our relationship has changed. Is that now when Jared and I see each other at work, we just kind of nod. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got time to fill. Uh, but no, I discovered that if the internet's correct, I'm not. I'm not completely convinced on this one yet. I have. I've been able to confirm it to a point but if the internet is correct through my dad's mom my sixth great grandparents are buried in this dinky cemetery that's just south of martinsville that's on the highway you've probably seen it it's like this it's like a now it's on the historical register it's right next to i-69 you've probably seen it circuit city (laughs) (laughs) that's a callback to a story mike told me that we don't have time to get into it. No, we don't have time for it right now on the air. Uh, maybe if you see me in person someday, ask me about it. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's the Maxwell, the Stitt Maxwell Cemetery, just south of Martinsville. There's like 12 ivory white headstones, and my sixth great-grandparents are presumably buried there. I went up there last week and like mm. just hung out there for a bit. 
I didn't know what I didn't know where my family went beyond my great grandparents. And now I've got yeah, to wow. my sixth great grandparents and everything in between. Was that and very, beyond that. There's more beyond that. How difficult was this to, to come to on this ancestry.com it was website? Extremely easy. Yeah. The difficult thing is trying to just tie up everything and confirm everything. It, even that's not hard. Truly, what's hard is that the amount of information that came flooding at me all at once overwhelmed me. My head was spinning. Mm. Because I, I don't know. I don't want to be too dramatic about it, but it actually really was a dramatic week for me, personally. Sure. Yeah. Uh, just because it has altered my sort of... It, I went from having this abstract sense of identity of like, ah, oh, my family generally comes from Eastern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And now it's like... I know that like six or eight generations of my family lived in Eastern Kentucky. And prior to that, some of these folks are uh, like in the colonies. And I've been able to trace one guy to England. Well, I was at a friend's house this weekend and they told me that you might have a famous ancestor. Okay. So I don't know who you were talking to and I don't know who I've said things to. There are a couple <laughs> things okay. that have that I've bumped into on this list that I just can't believe and I haven't had the time or resources yet to check all 25 confirmations between me and them. Uh, but I did find in this family tree, which I don't trust, I want to say up front that I do not trust it, but it's plausible. Yeah. But I don't trust it that uh my great 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 a thousand times great grandparents are John Rolfe and Pocahontas. <laughs> Here's Neil Young. We'll be right back. The icy sky at night, paddles cut to water in a long and What do you make of all that, Jared? That's pretty wild. So, I t- you were telling me Thomas Jefferson, maybe too. Well, so it's fact that John Rolfe and Pocahontas had one child. Who? I uh, now now I can't remember all the details, but one of their grandchildren, I think, married the sister of Thomas Jefferson, and then presumably that is where my family comes from. Then, so. I need to confirm some of these things, but wouldn't that be wild? To go from just some hick, I'm just some hick from the hills, some dirt farmer hick from the hills, to find out that I've got this American royalty in my in my family. Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah. It would explain, explain how you're kind of a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> I did today. This is quite unfortunate. Oh, gosh. I don't want to... What? I found the headstone... A photograph of the headstone of my great-granddad's brother. Okay. Confederate. He's a rebel. A traitor. (gasps) Private, though. Hmm. Which means not only did he suck, he also sucked at the army. (laughs) Can you hear my mic? I I feel like it's not very loud in my headphones. Maybe that's just me. I can hear you. Maybe. Okay, good. Uh, No, I... uh, so that was a bummer. I also found some Union soldiers in my family, so that was, uh, you know, yeah, 
Brother against brother. Brother against Adam. Adams against Adams. Oh, I also learned that my so I I I don't remember if I said this on or off the air, but all my family's from Eastern Kentucky. All four of my grandparents are from Eastern Kentucky. Monticello, huh? Monticello, Kentucky. No, uh, Floyd Floyd County specifically. I have some, I have some family. Prestonsburg. Oh, I didn't tell you this. Ah. I did not tell you this. Dish. You have to do one of these trees. Okay. Because I found some cheeks. Where? In my family. <laughs> no. I swear. And I have to remember how to get to them. Okay. I'm telling you, this stuff's exponential, so it's really hard to keep track of where yeah. I get to. But no, I'm not kidding. Okay. Let's figure it out. Let's right. figure it out if we're we'll cousins. That would be incredible. That would be really simple. Uh, but yeah, there are some cheeks. There are a line of cheek in my family. I'll when we get off here I'll I'll uh I'll dig it up and we can figure it out. Yeah, please do. I'm telling you, anyone who's curious about your family and doesn't know anything, like me, if you're just an ignoramus, this really made my whole week. It, it's been it's been a wild trip. I'm a new person. Wow. Mike's Mike's been digging into this and I've just been watching dozens of hours of David Letterman. I found a, today this afternoon you were asking whether I'd shown my parents any of these photos this afternoon after i came home i was plugging in some of the photos i got from my grandma into the tree so that other people can find them who are also related to my great-grandparents and whatnot um but that led me just i just it's also really really easy to go down these rabbit holes you know Mm -hmm. like on a youtube rabbit hole except for this is a rabbit hole where i'm uh getting into my family history it's crazy I was able to find... So my granddad, his dad, was an ancient old man when he was born. Okay. And had a life prior to my granddad's family. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, he, was a, he was a widower. So, I, and I've known this, and I've known of his half, some of his half-siblings, but I found a photograph today of one of his half-sisters who died in 1978 that my mom didn't even know existed. And I said... Have you ever seen this person? It's your aunt. Whoa. And my mom had never seen this photo of Aunt Rhoda before. Rhoda. Rita had never seen Rhoda. Rhoda. Rhoda, as we know, um, a Mary Tyler Moore spinoff. That's right. Wow, that's... It's just been mind-blowing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I should, I should dig into this stuff one of these days. Yeah, yeah, you should. And it's been... It's also a good reminder of all the free... The access to free expensive things that you get with your library card such as audiobooks on yeah. your phone for free don't sign up for audible audible yeah make the library pay for it <laughs> with your tax dollars you know after i learned that my family was potentially born in uh, or born buried in uh martinsville i went to the morgan county library this week oh and i went to their genealogy department really yes and the woman there said uh, you can look on our little database here, but really, you're probably going to want to try it. She did not know where I was from or what I was doing. She's like, you might want to go down and talk to somebody in Monroe County Public Library because they have a free access to Ancestry.com. We don't have that here. We can't afford it. <laughs> Just so you know what a perk it is to wow, have yeah. our library's benefit. Pretty cool. Yeah. Full, full disclosure, Jared and I both work for the public library. We are not being paid to say these things at all. There's no conflict of interest here. We also just happen to be patrons and lovers of public libraries. I was in my hometown this weekend. You know, That's why I said, we work there. Uh, 
and I drove past the library where I first used the internet. Oh, neat. Yeah. So there's that. I also had... <laughs> oh. <laughs> you okay? You can edit that out, right? <laughs> yeah, we're fine. I had one of the best Big Wallies of my life this weekend. Oh, Big Wally, the sandwich from Penguin Point. That's a right. regional fast food chain. Yeah, it was good. I got an oil change and then got a Big Wally. I was the first customer of the day. And it just, I think they were so sweet to me there. Oh, uh, you got that fresh grease too. That's right. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's the first time I've ever uh, eaten french fries and thought, this is what the fried mushrooms taste like. And then I thought, oh, it's because the mushrooms contain so much of the grease. Because <laughs> they hold it in the breading. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway. Enough about my lunch yesterday. Uh, anything else happened in the last couple weeks? I, 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 I had an x-ray in my body for the first time. An x-ray? Well, maybe maybe not the first time. First time I can remember. I got x-rayed. What kind of x-ray did you have? Wait, oh, is this a HIPAA violation? On my, on my leg. Remember my leg oh, injury yes. from three weeks yes. ago that still hasn't healed? Are you still hobbling? What? Yeah. I haven't seen you walk today. It, it gets better. It, it's worse when I like walk on it a lot all day. Oh my gosh. But it, it, it was still bad after like three weeks. I was like, well, I guess I should, I should finally go to the doctor. And I did. They're like, we should x-ray your leg. Did they find out what your problem is? He's like, yeah, yeah, everything looks more or less okay in there. You just strained it, sprained it. Is it strain or sprain? You can do, those are two different things I you know. can do. Yeah. I know, but I don't know what I've I done. I think you sprain a joint. Sprained ankle, sprained wrist. I s- maybe strained a muscle then? I think you strained a tendon. Okay. Because you described that there was like a popping sound. Uh, not, I didn't hear the sound, but I felt a um, abrupt pain. Like I got glulied. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a doctor at all. Not even close. But in my professional opinion, I think you've strained something. I think you're right. I know you've stained a few things. I've seen the stains on you. I saw a fit picture of a stain, a wine stain on your shirt just last week. Yes. <laughs> I'm I I did buy a shirt. A nice shirt at a nice store. Wait, that was a new shirt? A brand new shirt <laughs> at the nice store to go to a wedding in. And the first time I wear it, I spill this. A considerable oh, amount of wine. Oh, the whole thing. I was talking to a friend of the show, Ben Lumsdane. <laughs> and uh, I was just like motioning with my hand, gesturing something like like I'm doing right now. Yeah. And I just went. Bloop. Wait, you were holding the wine in your hand? Or you one hit hand. someone else's wine? I was holding it. Yeah, I was holding it in my hand, and I just knocked my own. Oh, you knocked your own <laughs> hand with your yes, other hand. Yes, yes. There you go. <laughs> um, that's pretty good. But yeah, so I I did stain. I should say, uh, but oh, we should. I was watching uh, some of these Dave Letterman clips, and I was like, we should watch one of these listen on the to, radio. Listen to one of these on the radio. Oh yeah, like the. Performance or a or an interview. Uh, the Feel- Andrea Martin ones were the most surprisingly. Uh, I don't know much about Andrea Martin, and she's just. I don't know who that is. Uh, I'll show you. Here, I'll I'll, I'll just uh, I'll get this going here. Okay. Sure, that should work. 
So right now, a listener, just so you know. So this guy, <laughs> this guy Don Giller has every single Dave Letterman episode. And for us, the public, he has um, made these compilations. Like last week, did we talk about this on the air already or just in f- for fun off the air? I think we made the mistake of talking about it <laughs> out, off of the for air. For example, just last week, he uploaded a 12-part set. Each one's like two hours long, featuring every SCTV cast member's appearance on Dave Letterman. Oh, you mentioned on the show that that was something that Oh, existed. yeah, from that's right. From Yeah, yeah. Anyway, here's here's the Andrea Martin one. 50 pounds. That's amazing. Congratulations. 50 pounds. Can I just do one thing? I know you're not supposed to do this, but my um, my aunt and uncle are in the audience, and they came all the way here from Maine. They've been married for 35 wonderful years. 35 and I just years. wish they'd stand up and I don't say know uh, hello. I think you can do There they are. I love Dave Letterman's show. Uh, I don't know uncle. if I should do this. I hate to cut into your time, but Go it's ahead. just a coincidence. My grandfather is in the audience tonight. He's having a birthday. I Can you turn a camera around? He's 96 years young today. Stand up, Grandpa. has made me think about my baby and he's back in Canada but I want to just bring somebody out another little baby that I saw he's just as cute it's pretty funny good dad this feels funny Jared to on our interview show play clips of Dave Letterman interviews keeps going watch oh it keeps going not here my dog but if Bob was here I'm guessing that you folks would have to agree with me that he'd be just as cute as this little guy here, huh? Oh, yeah. Isn't he a sweetheart? This is really a sight gag, I think. But it's very funny. People are doing the sight gag in their mind. They're using no, their they're not. I don't think this is going the way you think it's going. You, the good part hasn't even gotten there oh yet, Oh, my Mike. God. Bob James. Hi. How are you? Institute, Bob, what do you have for us? Andrew, I have here a $10,000 check for the <laughs> American Wildlife Federation. Oh. Uh, this is to be used for a new dolphin preserve. It's to be used for the new dolphin, dolphin preserve. preserve yeah. Bob, yeah. you're... Pink tree! Pink tree, Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. go a long way to help those dolphins. You know, Andrea, there's a man here tonight who may not impress people with his... I'll wait. <laughs> may not impress people with his money, but his story of courage and human endurance is worth all the checks a large and personal corporation can produce. This man, ladies and gentlemen, a former Iranian hostage, he's now training to become an astronaut in the United States Space Shuttle. Please welcome him, won't you? All right, fine, what, uh, Mike. Mikey's we looking we can stop. Here. There's <laughs> more. It goes on. <laughs> I, I believe. You just kept bringing all these people you. out. And I really, I really got a kick out of it. That is a great gag. Uh, for for sight? Oh, I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited to watch that once we turn this radio <laughs> show off. I don't think that worked uh, as a bit on this well, show. But you let know us know. know. Yeah, please write us. Not let us. Let it snow. Let it snow. Remember that last week? I do. <laughs> it really blew some minds. I've been getting cards and letters. Um, talking about how that was just real radio magic. 
watching that on the radio reminded me. Uh, I think I mentioned this maybe last week. I can't recall for sure, but my son's been watching Ernest Goes to Camp a lot lately, <laughs> like a ton. Uh-huh. And uh, I gave him a tape player recently. I had an extra tape player, and I put it in his room, and I made him a mixtape of songs he had requested. And and then on one side, and the other side, he told me that he likes the Strokes, so I made him a, a mixtape of just Stroke songs that I liked. Uh huh. So he's been listening to that all week long. And uh, the other day he said, Hey, Dad, could you put Ernest Goes to Camp on a cassette tape for me so I can listen to the movie? Oh, yeah. And I said, I probably can do that. Let me, uh, it'll take a while, but let me do it. I, yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. So he wants to listen to Ernest Goes to Camp dubbed onto a cassette, yeah. played on his little mono, horrible little speaker uh, tape player. I'm surprised more people don't do that. I think that's a good good idea. You know what I've done? I, I may have actually mentioned this before too, but uh, the Dante Fontana video mixtapes, video mixes. Oh yeah, it is. Um, yeah. I've dubbed six of those onto cassettes. Oh, the music. Well, it, the whole, just the whole thing, and so it'll be like you'll get a song that for for his purposes is a music video. But I just get the song. Oh, right. Or a live performance. Sure. And it'll be mixed in with like a Harrison Ford interview or something. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or Oprah interviewing Michael Jackson. Uh, yeah. And it's been fun to drive around in the van listening to those tapes. Maybe that's where he got the idea. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I thought that was a pretty funny request. <laughs> he has said to me a thousand times this week, Dad, cut yourself a big knock out of these eggs erroneous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's his favorite line in the movie is Gaylord Sartain <laughs> saying, cut yourself a big knock. Out I have a feeling I was maybe there the first time he saw it. I think we showed it to him years and years we ago. Did. And it didn't really. He didn't remember. Oh, when, okay. I, when I mentioned it this week, he's yeah. like, I don't even remember. And then we watched it and he is at the perfect age now. Yeah, that he makes loves sense. It. Yeah. I did have to say, oh, we had to do a caveat. Uh-huh. I had to give him a, uh, listen, this is a cartoonish portrayal of indigenous people. Oh, right. Uh, don't. Don't give Played it, by an Italian. Yeah, don't take any value from this at all. It's just kind of a rude interpretation. Uh, that was good to be there. Well, to the movie does have heart. That's an unfortunate part of the movie. It's, yeah, it is. But the movie's got some heart. It's not valueless. But I did have to give a disclaimer. Sure. Like at the beginning of every Disney movie now that's on Disney+. Plus. Oh, really? Oh, almost everyone has like a... No, that's not true. Not almost everyone, but many of them, especially the older ones, they put up this title card before the movie starts that says, depending on what the depiction is, like, the depiction of racism in this film is uh, was wrong then and it's wrong now, but we've left it in for history's sake. Need to make a little dough. <laughs> more movies, more subscriptions. <laughs> exactly. We don't want anybody... Complaining, so yeah, yeah. Um, did you get that new version of Disney Plus that has? So there's a new version that's a hundred dollars a month, and that's the only thing different is it also has Song of the South on it. <laughs> For the people who really need to see that, yeah. Oh boy. Anyway, um, anything new with you besides that? You've been knee deep in an- ancestry. I really have. I've been having band practice which feels great oh yeah with the fellers uh 
by the time this airs, we will have played our first show in basically two years. You wait, wait, wait. You are. Oh, that's gonna be on. A, it'll be a Thursday night, right? The show. Yeah. The show is a Thursday. It was a Thursday okay. night. I was for a second. I I I originally thought it was a Wednesday night. And competing I was like, with you this. Would be no. Competing. I would never do that. You could have turned on a radio from the stage. <laughs> Tuned in. When it's Wednesday night all over the world, you know I'm right here. That's right. I'm not going anywhere. Do you want to play some music? It's that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how much time do we got left in this hour, Mike? Should we just uh, yeah, play shot with some music? We should play them out here. Play some requests. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Unspoken Requests, episode number yeah. 91. Thanks to Joe Para. Thanks to Mark Borchardt. Um, you guys probably already know all about them anyway, but if you haven't seen all of Joe's episodes of Joe Para Talks With You and his other YouTube videos, they're all they're all good. I think it's safe to say that Joe Para Talks With You comes with Jared and I's highest recommendation. Maybe, yeah, probably the best show on TV. Yeah. Probably my favorite show. Yeah. Currently on TV. Me too. Also, Mark Borchart, um, who, if you, um, you know who he is. Yeah. Look out for his stuff. Look for uh, his movie, his famous movie, Coven. Coven. Um, we didn't talk about this, but um, his his pinned tweet says, I have begun, or I'm paraphrasing, but he says he's begun work on writing Coven 2. Great. So... And the more the scarier six, and but you know, even if even if they don't come out for a while, just just rest easy knowing that he's he's out there doing it. He's out there doing the work, and uh, that's all he's got to do. Anyway, pleasure talking to him. Pleasure talking to Joe. Pleasure talking to you, Mike. Well, likewise, Jared. I always love talking to you. I hope we're related. Let's find Let's out. Let's find out. We'll, we'll have a. Um, Cousin, cousin Boy, re- wouldn't that be great. Cousin reveal live on the air next time. Yeah. Let's do a cousin reveal. We'll do it. Yeah. We need to come up with some kind of scheme. Like, yeah. What color is yes? What color is no? <laughs> One color is yes, we are cousins. The other color is no, we are not related. But if there are cheeks in my family, how many, how many bloodlines of cheek can there be? I mean, there are some here in town that I... No exist in town that I'm not related to, but maybe I am. I bet Some, you are somewhere down the line. All right, let's get to the bottom of this right now, Jared. No. Okay. Wait. Get to the bottom of whether we're cousins. Oh, I mean, let's turn on some music and get out the f- the f- genealogies. Oh, okay. All right, let's do it. Here's Grouper. Wait, can you uh um Grouper? Unclean. <laughs> do you want to sign off? Oh my gosh. Just yeah, don't, don't you forget. know what? I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have wasted the. Uh, I, I should e- either have the effect be on the sign off or the band name, one or the other. So, here's Grouper with Unclean Mind. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with episode ninety two. Bye. <laughs>